Welcome in TFA fam. I hope you're excited for yet another edition of Nate Henry's Trends and Reactions. You should know the drill by now. These are a few things I noticed from watching all the weekend's matchups that I hope will help you win your league. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, like the video if you enjoyed it, and reach out to me on Twitter at NateHenryFF if you have any questions or thoughts. All right, let's do this. New York Giants versus Washington football team. Daniel Jones accumulated 95 rushing yards and it wasn't by accident. Almost half of his rushes were zone read plays where he just kept the ball. That's an interesting development and will push him up the quarterback rankings because it suggests that he's part of the game plan for rushing the football. Los Angeles Rams versus Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor has six carries inside the five-yard line this year, four of which occurred in this game. He also leads the league in carries inside the 10-yard line. Despite all this work near the goal line, Jonathan Taylor has zero touchdowns to show for it. Now, the Rams are no slouch of a defense, and they made several impressive goal line stands. I think against a lesser defense, Taylor would have got two touchdowns in this workload. The point is, his goal line role is secure, and the touchdowns are bound to come. Just stay patient. Cincinnati versus Chicago. We finally got to see Justin Fields as the starting quarterback for the Bears due to the Andy Dalton injury. And... It didn't go exactly as hoped. Fields was lackluster during his two quarters of full play. He completed six of 13 passes for a mere 60 yards and had an interception. He looked kind of indecisive and just a bit off in the passing game. But there is some reason to be excited here. Fields carried the ball 10 times in this game. More importantly, I noted that there were approximately 10 zone read plays. I'm not certain that Fields had the option to keep the ball in every one of these zone read plays, but he did keep a few of them. Like his passing, Fields actually made the wrong decision a few times on the zone read. He kept it when he shouldn't have, and he handed it off when he should have kept it. Still, the Bears seem to have schemed for Fields' rushing ability, not unlike Daniel Jones discussed above, which bodes well for his fantasy output. Also, if you're looking for someone to replace the underperforming Washington defense, you might want to look at Chicago. They look like a strong defensive unit against a good Cincinnati offense. Denver versus Jacksonville. The question after Jerry Judy's injury was whether Tim Patrick or KJ Hamler would step up in his absence. Well, the answer is apparently neither. Hamler played 49 snaps, Patrick played 51, and Corton Sutton played 53. So Patrick and Hamler had plenty of opportunity to rise to the occasion, yet it was Cortland Sutton who completely dominated with 12 targets, 9 receptions, and 159 yards. The 21.2 average depth of target for Sutton is very encouraging. Hamler saw only 3 targets on his 28 routes run, so you can probably drop him if you were holding. Meanwhile, Tim Patrick continues to dominate in the red zone and find his way into the end zone which he does so regularly. So I think he's worth holding. Las Vegas versus Pittsburgh. All right, the Las Vegas offensive game plan is kind of interesting. Henry Ruggs essentially runs a go route on every play. I think the idea is to open up the middle of the field for Darren Waller. And when Darren Waller isn't open, Derek Carr looks to Hunter Renfro, also in the middle of the field. Ruggs mostly acts as a decoy to open up the middle of the field. But eventually the defense gets kind of lazy and ignores the deep routes that Ruggs runs. Ruggs caught a 61-yard touchdown in this game, proving that it really only takes one for him to have a good fantasy week. That said, he still had six targets, which is very encouraging. And his average depth of target was 12.3. 
which is pretty low considering that that one 61-yard touchdown pass was like a 45-yard air yards pass. So he's not only targeted on these go routes, but still, that's largely his role. Las Vegas looks like a good team now, so maybe Ruggs is a name that should be considered in your starting lineup. New Orleans versus Carolina. The coaching staff in Carolina hasn't changed, but the offense has. Robbie Anderson's role is completely different in 2021. Perhaps that's because Christian McCaffrey's back and they just don't need Robbie to run short routes anymore and be that target hog. The why doesn't really matter for your purposes. The results do. Anderson is a deep threat in 2021, not unlike Henry Ruggs. However, Darnold has an eye for DJ Moore, and the offense has been designed to get DJ Moore the ball. We even saw a design slant route from the three that resulted in the DJ Moore touchdown something he hasn't done particularly well in his career. These are all great signs for more and pretty bad news for Robbie Anderson. New England versus the New York Jets. Damian Harris is not a workhorse, but when he's on the field, he produces. Harris played only 25 snaps compared to James White's 29. Now that's a bit odd considering that the outcome of this game was never in doubt. It actually took an absolute monster carry for Damian Harris to eventually find the end zone. So what's the point? All right, the point is I think you can and should sell high on Damian Harris. San Fran versus Philly. All right, the entire San Francisco 49ers backfield is in the infirmary right now. You got Hasty with an ankle injury, Trey Sermon with a concussion, Raheem Mostert with his hollow bone syndrome. Mitchell didn't exactly come out unscathed, but his injury seems to have the least severity. I know you're disappointed with his output in week two after he spent big fab money to get him, but Mitchell scored a touchdown this game that was reversed on what looked to me to be dubious video evidence to the contrary. Had he scored, you'd probably be happy right now and we wouldn't be having this discussion. Regardless, Mitchell played 43 out of 70 snaps and even with a few plays missed with that stinger. He had 17 carries, the next closest running back was five, and he even ran the most routes. Hold tight, things look actually pretty good for Mitchell, despite the fact that he didn't produce in this game. Trey Sermon didn't come in and suddenly dominate the carries and other touches, even before the concussion. And the Philly D-line is legit, so I think better days are ahead. Also, if you have an IR, I think you should go pick up Jeff Wilson now, not later. Buffalo versus Miami. I know it's enticing to chase Devin Singletary's performance these last few weeks, but I think it's a mirage. Yeah, it's nice to see him get 66% of the snaps and run 26 routes compared to Zach Moss's eight. But he only got three targets on 26 routes. Also, his rushing yards are inflated by a 46-yard touchdown. Yes, it's lazy analysis to say that if you took away that one play, he'd only have 36 yards on 12 carries. So what I'll say instead is this. In a 35-0 game, Buffalo still ran the ball fewer times than they threw. 30 rushes to 33 passes. And the running backs only saw a 15% target share combined. Buffalo's offense just does not run through the running backs. It runs through Josh Allen and the wide receivers. Even though Devin Singletary's numbers these first two weeks have looked nice, he screams sell high to me. Atlanta versus Tampa Bay. Here's something nobody saw coming. Cordero Patterson is the Falcons goal line back. He got a rush from the 10, one from the 7, and he even got one from the 1, which involved a little snap snafu. Yes, Mike Davis is playing more, but not really in a meaningful way. Both Patterson and Davis saw six targets and seven carries, but Patterson got the more important carries. 
the ones closer to the goal line. Impressively, Patterson's role led to two touchdowns and nearly a third. I'm fading Mike Davis more than I previously was. Minnesota versus Arizona. Rondale Moore's talent is screaming, get me on the field more. He got eight targets on only 24 routes run. That's a 33% targets per route run number. Christian Kirk seems to have found a nice role in the slot, a role that fits his skill set much better than the primary outside target. The question is, will Arizona actually let Rondell Moore jump A.J. Green? It won't happen immediately, but eventually it might, which means you should think about targeting Moore if he has a down week in the next few weeks. Dallas versus the L.A. Chargers. Tony Pollard looks like the more dynamic running back in Dallas. Pollard saw 13 carries and three targets in 21 snaps. That means he saw the ball on 76% of his snaps. That's incredible. The thing is the Cowboys will never let Pollard jump Zeke on the depth chart, but it will become harder and harder to keep him off the field. That's bad news for Zeke as his playing time might and really probably should get closer to 50-50 with Pollard. Tennessee versus Seattle. A.J. Brown jokingly tweeted that he wouldn't have caught COVID if he tried in that game. It was an ugly performance in a game that produced a lot of fantasy points for all the other players like Lockett, Julio, Derrick Henry. Still, nine targets is enough to be optimistic about his future. I think better days are ahead. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Enjoy Monday Night Football tonight. Go Lions, and now go win some fantasy championships. Hey!